Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Am I Doing This Right? The episode where three guys just chat about whatever they fancy. And this week we're bringing you a very special Tiger King special episode. As per usual, you join with myself, Ben, and of course, Sam and the other Ben. Hello. Hello. Fantastic, guys. Uh, uh, obviously, we're all connecting again as per usual at the moment through uh, distance recording. So as we do every week at the moment, apologies for any over-talking or breaks in the quality. Um, you know, we're, we're using the great app, Anchor, um, but we're still quite novices at this. So do bear with us. Um, now, uh, before we get into, as I said, we're doing a Tiger King special, which we're going to get into more in a minute. But as we like to start with, lads, let's, let's do a drinks ch- check, a drinks check. Uh, who's drinking what? Sam? I am drinking a hawk's head stout. Uh, it's Ooh. an oatmeal stout um, from an Irish brewery called Hawk's Head. I'm very excited to try it. I'm actually going to try it for the first time. And now. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, it's nice. It's quite dark, quite heavy, it's a, it's but it's got a, stout, a very yeah. good, very good, like very rich kind of flavour. I like it. Okay, cool, cool. Ben, what are you drinking? So I'm a bit down in the dumps because I learned that the Great Dorset Steam Fair has now been cancelled. So yeah. to bring back fond memories, I am having myself a well, several glasses of uh, Old Rosie, which is a lovely cloudy cider. Oh my! What do you know? What percentage? That's coming it in. It is a six point eight. Six point eight. Okay. It's not okay. cider. It's not proper cider if it's below fourteen and a half percent. Wow. <laughs> okay. West West Country. That is. Going back to what Ben said, we need we do need to acknowledge that slightly. It is very sad that due to the ongoing pandemic, the Great Dorset Steam Festival, like like many 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 big summer events, has had to cancel because it is it is a Dorset staple, isn't it? Really. It hasn't ever had a break in the whole of its 51-year history. So this this is a first. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. It's unprecedented time. So we will raise a glass to the Great Dorset Steam Festival um, as one of the many, many summer events that will not be going ahead. Uh, my drink this evening uh, is I, I got another Beer 52 crate, um, which is Virginia-themed. All the beers have come from Virginia, USA. If you want to check that out, check out my YouTube channel, Ben Clark. We've done an unboxing. Awkward plug. Um, and this is the um, it's O'Connor Brewing and it's El Guapo Agave IPA. Oh, is it good? In, well, it's it, so let's. I had a brief sip before we started, but um, yeah, I mean it's nice. I would say it's coming in at seven point five percent, mate. So yes, it's, pr- it's pretty hefty, um, but it does it tastes good. It's um, it's very full flavored. So yeah, so that's our drinks check. Check out Instagram as per usual to see see what we're drinking. But uh, I as we like to. I've got one of those boxes coming in mm. a week or so because I tried to cancel it, but at the moment, because of the ongoing pandemic, as we like to call it, um, nobody's answering the phones. Mm. So I've accepted that for the duration of this situation, I'm going to have to continue to buy this box because i can't cancel it um, it's such a shame you're gonna have to buy craft well, yes. beers. um or i'm hoping is i'll have the same box as you and i'll be able to try that el guapo capo yeah I, this, I got the 10 beer box this time uh because i, I opted I... to add two beers for free for the first time which i will immediately cancel um but yeah anyway 
like I say, if you do actually want to see what's in that box, check it out on YouTube. It's a good video. I watched it. Thank you. In the meantime, like I said, uh, this is our Tiger King special, the Netflix sensation, um, which if you've been following us for a few weeks now, you've heard me harp on about this on several occasions. And I was trying to get these two chaps to actually watch it, which they have done now. Everyone's completed the, ma- the main season. I would say we're, we're discounting the bonus episode, episode eight. because it's kind of just a bit of fluff on the end. We're looking at episodes one to seven, the original thing. And I think none of us have uh, really talked about it intentionally. We've saved it for this podcast. Um, we've just pretty much text each other saying this is mental and that's about it because uh just in case you're not aware uh tiger king is a netflix documentary following uh joe exotic a (laughs) zoo owner uh potential presidential candidate homosexual uh polygamist gun toting man about town um, <laughs> how else can you describe him guys i mean seriously. that's true that is true I, w- I just want to say now there will be spoilers in this episode that's if true you have Spoiler alert, if, if if you haven't seen it don't don't carry on this podcast until after you watch it oh no <laughs> no true you absolutely should listen to the whole of this podcast because you may never come back to it after watching seven episodes of the tiger king so yeah, listen to this fair. just Take the spoilers and then watch the show. <laughs> no, no matter what we say in this, we'll never cover it all, and they'll always they'll still true. be surprised that we probably forgot about. So, so I mean, does anyone want to just kick off with some initial reactions about Tiger King? Um, I, I, Carol Baskin, I think is a good place to start. Carol Baskin, yeah. So, so Carol Baskin, the owner and operator of Big Cat Rescue, I believe it's in. I think it's Tampa, Florida, a place I've yeah. been to. Joe, um, Joe Exotic's arch enemy. Basically, I, if it, what got me about her, right, is she is the most quintessential cat lady that has ever lived. Nobody has ever cat ladied as hard as Carol Baskin does, right? Well, I'll tell you one thing. There's one phrase that makes my skin crawl now, which, if anyone's going to guess it right, Oh, is that her intro thing? Hello, my little kittens, or whatever it is. No, it's hi there, you cool cats and kittens. Oh, oh, oh god! Oh, 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 no. oh, oh it's just I her face. I can't handle that. Her face when she says it, she's just so artificially smiley. Yeah, and she's she's literally continually draped in cat print clothing. Yeah, her house was awful. Yeah. You know, she reminds me kind of like the Disney villain Cruella de Vil. Yes. <laughs> in a way. In a way. Yes. In I, a way. I get what you're saying. But, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I think what got me as well is as much as she comes across as a nicer person, I genuinely preferred Joe Exotic because I just thought she was so fake. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I like any of them, quite frankly. I. The reason I liked Joe Exotic is because he was unashamedly just who he was. Like, do you know what I mean? He okay. he knew. And one of my favourite lines is I won't repeat it because it's got some uh, bad language in it. But um, his statement when he was running for president, which again, when you're thinking about it, it's a it's a program about there's people who run a zoo. The fact that he is running for president is ridiculous. But he says that line, and he's like, "I'm gay and I'm broke's." whatever broke as fudge i believe something to broke that effect. As, broke as fudge and i was like 
that pretty much sums him up. Like he's yeah. totally unabashedly himself. <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right. So let's wind it back for people just to give us some context. So um, there's the seven part series really starts by the fact that Joe Exotic runs a zoo, which has something insane, like around, like is it, I think it's over 150 big cats. It's um, 1,500 it. big cats in it. 1,500. I don't know. And he's got I'm, like 150 that... tigers. I don't know. It's a lot. It's a, it's like it's it's like at one point you see them running like a herd of cattle. There's that many tigers, um, and they're all there. And he's got these folks that work for him who are a colourful bunch, but j- most of them actually seem like um, pretty nice people. Um, yeah, lovely. Who just lead a different lifestyle. And some people you might label it as redneck, um, but they seem like <laughs> all right people. Um, but they, they they work for him, and it's it's a zoo. But like for example, I've been to Marwell Zoo which is a very fine establishment <laughs> here in the south of England. Um, you know, I think you would call it world-class. And let's say, if that's the Disney world of zoos, which I'm not saying it is, but let's just let's point, let's put Marl Zoo as the Disney world of zoo. Joe Exotics, GW Zoo. Um, like creamy. And, no, it's probably more like, you know that, like, that ride outside Tesco you put a pound in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the equivalent. That's well, the equivalent. Like when, yeah. When you say zoo, you know, in your head, a lot of people are, are, are picturing. Um, but what's that place they were going to have Glastonbury? I have no idea. Uh, and it's like a big house and it's got lots of animals. Oh, so, oh, oh. Um, 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 Longley? Yeah, Is Longley. It's, it's not Longley. Oh, it's no. It's about no. as far from Longley as it's possible to be. That's true. Um, but But so he... He's running this zoo with this band of merry men, we'll call them for now, um, and women. Uh, and it's um, actually it's being documented because an, a documentarian was coming in to make a reality TV show about Joe um, and also producing. Joe was basically filming everything himself. That's why there's so much footage from years ago, because he was doing like a web series himself. So that's why they've got all this footage from like five years ago. Um, and the sort of antics that they got on at this place, I mean, everyone's packing heat. Everyone's got a gun, which obviously to us in the UK is even more alien. So it feels even more shocking. Um, and like, then there's an incident with a, with a female keeper, isn't there? Yes. Someone talk me through that. She, well, she, first of all, she's an absolute like unit, that, that woman. Basically, mm. her, her arm gets ripped off. Oh, it's so grim. And it's and you're sat there, and it's all up to that point. It's been like, oh, the cats are lovely. You know, they love everyone. They wouldn't hurt a fly. And then, bang, arm off. And she's taken to hospital, and she, they interview her. And when they they're interviewing her, and she clearly has not got an arm. Um, yeah. And they're yeah. talking to her, and she literally was in the hospital for five days, and then she was back at work. But she was like, I didn't want people to get a negative perception of the park, like. These her, the people that work at the park are like hardcore. They love the animals, but it was just like chilling out with with you know missing a hand five days after the accident. Going, hey, it's just what happens, isn't it? But and and like the, she said, the doctors gave her a choice. Like, oh, you could we could because she didn't. It wasn't ripped off. It was mauled very very badly, wasn't it? So she it was hanging it. off. She um, could have had it reconstructed, yeah. but it would have taken forever. Yeah, they said it would take two years of uh, reconstructive surgeries. Or they just lop it off. And she's like, eh, lop it off. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd like my hand, please. Yeah, let's crack on. And Although, FYI, I'm suing the zoo. <laughs> there was a pattern of that. 
multiple members of staff were missing limbs. One guy yeah. missing both his legs. Yeah, he had a motorbike crash, I think, wasn't it? Or yeah, unrelated to the animal. Unrelated. Yeah, yeah. But um, and then when it happened, obviously there's that infamous scene um where the woman's uh, hand has been mauled, and you see it, but it's blurred out. And somehow, obviously, Joe's priority is not to get the the woman help; it's to go find himself an EMT jacket. So he looks like he's playing the part here. So he walks <laughs> up to the scene wearing an EMT jacket. Um, like, which I guess he obviously keeps on hand just in case, which is kind of worrying. Um, and then they get her, obviously, medical help. And then there's the infamous thing where he walks into the office and the, the line which he utters is, I will never financially recover from this, which <laughs> has now just become mean gold. It's, yeah, it's everywhere I mean, now. I, yeah, I just, although he seems prepared for anything like some of the one of the things that consistently happens throughout the show i don't know if anyone watches riverdale if you're watching and you watch riverdale listening and you watch riverdale um every so often they have a musical episode that's basically what happens with this every so often we'll just have a, a joe exotic based music video that yes, tells yeah. some portion of his life and what i would say they're quite well produced and he is a quite a good singer um, hang on i got it into jet because i've heard it's not him singing Oh, that's sad. I've heard it actually. <laughs> that's really just, sad. He's a, it's overdubbed by an actual country singer whose oh. name I, it's no one particularly famous, but someone who's. Donny Parton. <laughs> and so that, because you've got to admit, like, he has quite a distinctive, nasally sort of, I'm going to use yeah, the he term, does. he has a weaselly voice. He, do, he um, does. And yet, this singing voice is quite velvety quite low country voice so i immediately had a bit of a red flag there that does happen though who remembers yeah. susan for example if nobody thought she was going to be good and then no. she you know dreams a dream into everyone's heart that's true that's true but still i'm sorry it was off for me from the get-go but still <laughs> you do have these things where he's singing these allegedly singing air quotes uh these country songs in like um like a vicar's outfit with a cowboy hat and he's like all sorts and he's singing a song about carol baskin killing her husband feeding into the lions we'll come to that later but yes well th- i was about to say that i think what will become the the question of our generation is not what caused coronavirus but did carol baskin kill her husband ben what, what are your thoughts on carol baskin and the allegation well, that her her, her her first husband who no uh, second husband it was her. Oh, again, I'm just, so she's on her third now. Then, yes, Howard she's is her third guy, husband. Howard, oh, I don't like Howard. He's got a weird picture of him like crouching down on their wedding, like in, yeah, with a dog with collar, a... a cat collar, and like <laughs> cat weird. Collar. Uh, or that photo so, with them in the hats. Yeah, it's just weird. But weird. right, so Ben, I want to know your your thoughts on the allegation of Carol and her husband Don. See, I I reckon she did it because. It, it, Seeing all of the evidence, the fact that the van was dumped at the airport, but there was no logs of any planes and, and, and all the rest of it, I, I reckon she, she did feed him to a tiger. I mean, mm. I mean it's highly convenient to have a lot it of uh, fairly hungry cats that are capable of crunching up bones, let's be honest. Yeah, they're not, they're not um, going to have a, much trouble getting through a human if they, if they need to. That paired it's with the fact that she's an absolute psychopath. It's the way, like, when the documentarian questions her a little bit and says, like, oh, what about the, you know, this allegation that you killed your husband? 
and the way she well, she answers. doesn't exactly seem upset about no, being gone. That's the thing. She? Like I understand that she has a new husband and she's moved on, but you assume in that scenario you still hold that person holds a place in your heart or something. Well, if you look at the early interviews when the whole thing was going on and the police were still investigating, she she didn't even seem upset mm. then either. And so. I think that one of the most telling things is when they talk to Don, who we're referring to here, the husband that disappeared. So we're we're saying it's husband two, by from what you're saying, uh, Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was husband one, but there we go. I get uh, lost track. Of it. I she thought left, it was husband. She one. left her first husband to be with Don because she, she got she got pregnant when she was like fourteen, didn't she? And then she got married when she was fourteen to a guy that was oh, maybe like you're right. Seventeen. I think they, just they glaze over quite quickly, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, but when they talk to Don's ex-wife and um, children, who are obviously now you know adults, they're like in the middle aged. Um, and, older <laughs> well yeah her children the children looked older than the mum well i think that's the wonders of plastic surgery um, <laughs> <laughs> but they um they like you could tell they all thought that carol had killed don they they, well, they were said all, like they basically said it but they were just everything they were saying about her they had they didn't have a single good thing to say about uh carol and for people just who you know missed it or haven't seen the show um Don left the, his wife to be with Carol, and there was like a was there like a twenty year age gap between them? Yeah, there was. Between, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the whole thing around the the is it the the will and power of attorney thing oh, and the mate. wording. That's so dodgy. Weird. I so, get, I just think she did it, and I think you know, as yes, yeah, she did it. She's and the way that she just was really like artificially like so smiley so annoying that she's just scary it was genuinely like unnerving yeah yeah no it was um it was weird it was weird but she she isn't even the biggest part of this This is the thing so this is what's crazy about the show is this is this is a series about joe exotic but you've got characters like carol baskin just wandering into the whole thing um and she Jeff, herself, Jeff Howe, well, Jeff, Howe. Jeff Lowe, yeah, Jeff Lowe. Uh, but hang, but let's get because he comes into this later. So let's backtrack to some of the earlier uh, things in the thing in relation to to Joe. So he starts. So we need to explain. So he's got he has one husband, and then he had and then he gets a second husband, second husband who's like twenty years younger than him. He's eighteen and, and he nineteen, eighteen and um. This is Travis, isn't it? It's yeah, Travis, husband, the most and, straight and, man in the world. Well, it seems it, it, uh, that's the thing, and it seems from what's said in the documentary that basically Joe gave him the drugs he wanted. Um, and this is the, one of the things that we won't joke about because it's really because it, this is one of the most shocking, tragic. Parts of the, it was tragic the thing is when um, guns were prevalent in this community on this zoo, weren't they? Um, yeah, and it, it basically uh, Travis takes his own life. And there's CCTV footage of it, but where you can't see him. So the camera's, he's like under the camera and it's in the office. And I think it's so chilling. That poor man who was in the office and you can see like the realisation in his eyes as Travis is going from what he thinks is joking around to it suddenly becomes he's about to do it. And then he does it. And the guy's just like his face. He's just in absolute shock. Oh, it was, I mean, I was watching it and I was it. I watched that episode last night and yeah. I was sat there and you just there's the flash on the screen and I was like oh my goodness 
yeah, yeah. And the, the look is the guy on the screen who, yeah. um, who also very, very bizarre chap. Um, he, yeah. he, his face just kind of like his eyes go wide and as if he's like, and he's looking at him like, oh, mate, he's just like mucking about. And then he yeah. suddenly starts to notice. And at that point, he's like, it's all too late, basically. Yeah. And then, and then what's crazy, crazy, this shows how um, nuts <laughs> that Joe Exotic is, is that it, um, like, the next scene is the funeral, which is some, like, Joe Exotic is taking for some, like, fancy dress opportunity. Because yes. he's there as, like, a cowboy vicar <laughs> flipping, flipping running the funeral. And like, he's singing, isn't he? He sings, he sings this song. And everyone yeah. and people are like clapping along, but you can see all the employees are stood along next to him, like that look they just look so upset and angry at Joe. Yes, but then this guy's mother is sat on the front row singing along. Yeah, it's well, because I think she didn't know what else to do, quite frankly. The poor poor woman. Bizarre. She and then seem a bit like deer in the headlights. Yeah, yeah and then exactly. two months later, Joe Exotic got married again to another nineteen year old. <laughs> While still being married to is it John Finley? John Finley. Who's his first husband. Yeah. Um, I, I love that he has... Young... Joe Exotic has so many second names as well, doesn't he? He's like Joe, Schreigen, Flugen, Maldonado. <laughs> You're making him sound like the Swedish chef on, uh, on the Muppets. Like, Schrugen, Flugen, Flugen, Flugen. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what his name was. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Um, but there's that. There's, that's the thing. That this is, we're going to get ourselves muddled up on so many occasions because this, this whole thing is just so many layers and tangents continuously. Like, like there's there's one guy, because he's more in it at the beginning. I want to talk about him first before we go on to other things, because we're going to get lost into more Joe Exotic mayhem. But Doc Antle. I like him. Well, I, I don't like uh, him. You like him? That guy I... is running a, a tiger sex cult. <laughs> okay, I'm going to rephrase that, because that's quite incriminating. I don't like him. He was a very very interesting character like straight think... away you're like what on earth like he comes out of a lake on the back of an elephant yes. now i do not i do not at any point condone the abuse of animals especially elephants love an elephant yeah but it was i mean it looked awesome that i mean you know it, it did look awesome i agree and i think for him in terms of the animal stuff he's the most normal one he seems to be running something that resembles out of all of them the most yeah. normal zoo or yeah. animal operation. And from what they said, he does a lot of work or certainly did with Hollywood, like providing trained animals for movies and stuff. Obviously I'm not that people have mixed opinions about whether that's uh, right or not. And that's, you know, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm saying I agree or disagree with that, but he seemed to be running the most professional business. It was more that he had, he had this really, no other word other than harem of women that he had worked for him, <laughs> yeah. that worked for him, but they, had the world's worst employee contract they basically weren't ever allowed to have a day off they had to change their names um and they basically all had to sleep with him if they wanted to get anywhere within his little really let's face it it was a cult yes um so going back to when i said i quite liked him what i meant (laughs) was i liked the the form of his character and you know how interesting it was. I, I think what he stood for was absolutely abhorrent. We also need. We also need to understand that the man has a soul patch. Yes, 
I mean, which if already, all the I had red flag. Him, that was the least offensive, which is saying something. Mm-hmm. Soul patch. Know, the, se- the second you see a soul patch, you've really got to have your guard up. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what I would say is, I th- I think he genuinely, I think he could have masterminded the whole thing. He's that kind of guy. Yeah, he's pretty crazy. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I thought it was a bit nuts. But... <laughs> a bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, but he didn't seem as crazy, did he? Like like Joe yeah, exactly. and Carol. He, they see, but he seemed conniving. Yes. He had like he had a plan. Like he was fully like I feel like Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin, you know, the other people that are in it are kind of just weird and very very eccentric and extreme <clears throat> whereas i think the dog answer was a bit more in control of his mental faculties but as a result of that fully self-aware and had was just like always scheming yeah that's the thing yeah so he's in there and these are these guys that run essentially just for context for people these big cat facilities in america which one quick fact that we have to drop which i just think i don't know what you guys thought but when they dropped this at the beginning i was like what well they say there are more big cats in captivity in north america than there are in the wild well they say at the end don't they there are five thousand to ten thousand tigers in captivity in north america and there are four is it four thousand tigers in the wild it's not metal okay so my question for you guys is who was Mm -hmm. your favorite character my favorite character. Bearing in mind, these are real people. We should clarify yes, okay. Not characters. But yes, the guy, I, the guy I liked the most, I think, in terms of he seemed the most genuine. I don't know his name, um, but he was the long-haired um, uh, keeper. Oh, the head, at, the head keeper. I think he was the head keeper. He had, he had like really long hair, and he was um, really, um, he was really uh, skinny framed. Yeah. Uh, and and I liked him just because of much, you know, he he wasn't into any of the nonsense. He didn't like Joe. He basically felt that Joe got what he deserved at the end, which we'll come to in a bit, I'm sure. Um, but he basically he seemed to care for the animals, and he seemed he like genuinely a guy who just, them. yeah. I'm gonna have to second you on that, Ben. You, <laughs> you seem like a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did, didn't he? I liked him. My favorite mm. person in it, though, was that guy James Garretson. Purely because he, there's one scene in it that I just think is in the final episode. I think I know where you're going. Yeah, and he sat there, and the camera's massive, massive chap. And earlier on, he kind of is introduced later on, and he's got long, kind of almost like a bob of ginger hair. He does, but in like middle parting, very badly shaved. Like he's clean shaven, but proper. Like you know, when you get shaving rash massive fat bloke and he's like i was in trouble so i became a confidential informant so he then is working for the fbi and it he makes it seem like that he is running the whole operation yeah um and then in the final episode it, he sat there in this interview and then it cuts to him riding a jet ski <laughs> for no reason and with I mean, he put sunglasses down as he rides past and you're like what is going mm. on? I, I just know. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like redneck Miami Vice. It's yeah. I like to think he probably thinks he's Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. So yeah, there's it's let's be honest. It, it's a whole you know mess of colourful characters. But so going back to Joe Exotic and his journey, 
What did you guys think of his presidential campaign? I thought it was excellent. Would you have voted um, for him? Well, so he was he was he was standing as an independent candidate, wasn't he? I don't um, remember. So because he he was not Republican because mm. well, has, I think basically he's a libertarian, which is essentially anti-government, basically. Mm. Um, so I would have voted for Hillary if I had been voting. Uh, because Donald Trump, as we have seen in the news over the last couple of days, is basically lost the plot. Um, I wouldn't have voted for Joe, but I did think his campaign was excellent. Like you see the the news footage of when they show the different campaign videos, and they almost treat it like a joke. But you watch the video and you go, you know what? He's he he says what he thinks, um, and and one of the people they interview is like, he can't do any worse than people we've had before. <laughs> very true i love the scene where he's like on the parade float like and he's like in the midst of his campaign i think at this point he's running for governor or something governor, yeah that was his route he was planning on doing um and I, it was just the most bizarre thing but you could see that he was loving it like he was yeah. loving the stage and that's i think what it was all about for him really it wasn't about animals it was about having a stage but what I love is he was like he was never expecting to win. He just wanted to use it for publicity. And then there's a line where he goes, "What do we do if we win?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, another thing that needs to really be addressed, I think, is the thing that was hanging on by a thread the entire time, which was his eyebrow piercing. I liked it. Oh, it did, no! It was, I became like... more troubled when he started talking about his Prince Albert. <laughs> that was that was unpleasant i agree i'm just i'm just glad we did not get to see it yes because that would have been that would have been a step too far for netflix i feel <laughs> i just i think the moment that it takes a turn for the worst is when and i mentioned him already jeff Lowe is introduced i think that's yeah. when it starts going uh, downhill for joe yeah that guy is a total sleep yes. go on ben go on ben tell us more you, you you can just see it from the start how shady he is and you you the moment you see him you you automatically twig like hang on something bad is going to go down mm. here and you know when you get that feeling in your gut when you just know that somebody doesn't have your best intentions mm. at heart yeah well here's a man yeah that, here's that, a man who's that's what who's mainly operating out of vegas which is a colorful city it's obviously got a lot of genuine excellent business, I assume, and you know, lots of big production and whatnot. But also there's a seedy side to Vegas that we all, you know, are aware of. Um and there's a guy who's his 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 I mean, I'd I'd put him in at his mid forties, I'm sort of guessing. And his main, 50s, maybe, but... but his wardrobe consists of biker jackets, bandanas, and oakleys. Um, yeah, and, really, and that... baseball caps. And, with and the baseball caps. Yeah, with the bandana. It's a mixed message. Um, and that tells you a lot about him right there. And yeah, he just seems to kind of come in and he rocks up initially. He's like driving a Ferrari and he's basically just like throwing cash at everything. But he seems like a very, very sketchy guy. Oh, yeah. Um, from the get go. You look at him, you're like, this is shady. This is shady. And it, ultimately, it turns out to be basically true. He seems to be screwing everyone left, right and center. And he has no money. And he has no money. No, and he literally, and I say that in a literal sense too, because he's picking a nanny for with his girlfriend or wife. And one of the things he's making sure is that she's going to be 
pleasant for himself to enjoy, it seems. So he seems yeah. to literally be screwing everyone as well, as screwing everyone <laughs> out of the money. Um, it, it's, but it's, you know, the whole thing, the whole show is is basically surrounding you know, polygamous culture as well. Like everyone yeah. is married to multiple people. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, it's bizarre. It's just bizarre. It is bizarre. Um, it, it, Jeff does pro- provide one of my favourite lines and the whole he's basically a con artist and he? he cons people out of their yeah. money and sets yeah. people up and this kind of thing and it's in the last episode and he says they call it a setup i call it an investigation and you're like <laughs> what what is, what is... <laughs> does it make sense no it doesn't make sense but i think he's he begins because he's so evil he makes you feel sorry for joe he does he does, he does. He does. Like you genuinely do. He basically sets him up. And, you know, I'm sure Ben, you'll come on to it in a second. But the whole series of events that leads up to Joe eventually being sentenced is is basically purely, I would say, orchestrated by Jeff. It feels like it. Yeah. yeah. And we will get to that. But there's one more thing I want to just I have one more question for you guys as a do you think he did it? Okay. So there's a situation where we've got this documentarian who's been filming this documentary and he's seeing it as his retirement. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's been filming it, which he has a buyer for a reality TV show. Part of the deal was he would also help produce Joe's online content and they have a studio set up in in the compound that is this, this place. And here one day, basically, uh, there's an arson attack on the facility that houses the studio and everything is destroyed, all the stuff. So all of the reality TV show is gone. So all the footage you've actually seen is Joe's own footage up until this point. Um, you haven't seen any, everything that was shot for the, um, for the reality TV show gets destroyed. Um, this is where I got confused. Sorry. This is where I got confused because <clears throat> there's Joe's online footage. Mm-hmm. It's the reality show. And then the Netflix documentary is being filmed by a guy who makes documentaries is a filmmaker and he's yes. been filming Joe. So no, he never he actually films filmed. Joe. He never actually filmed everything from GW up until when you see Jeff Lowe owning GW zoo was filmed by Joe. Basically everything right. was filmed by, cause Joe basically they, the, the, the team there said that Joe just had cameras rolling all the time. Oh, so are, because all, the he was his... are all the interviews done by the, the filmmaker? So the interviews are done by the documentarian for Netflix. Yes. Right. Um, Basically, that's really all Netflix did. And then they took all the footage and then they went and they filmed, you know, B-roll, basically. The producer of the film has been with Joe for like a good five, six years. Yeah. I think with the the scruffy beard that drives around that you see every so often asking questions. Mm -hmm. He's the guy from Netflix. That's the the guy that Netflix paid whatever for 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 the documentary. Yeah. He made Tiger King. The guy yeah. whose name I forget, the guy who's like drinking coffee, smoking a cigarette with like that crazy hat. And yeah. he sounds like he has, I won't say it because it's an incredibly rude line, but he says my favorite line in the whole. He's <laughs> so, um, so good. I don't know how to say it without, um, I'm going to say, you know, he says a line along the context of um, bag fudge, Oklahoma, um, but he doesn't say those words, but it's just, it's just the way he delivers it. It comes out of nowhere and it, it honestly, it made me laugh. <laughs> but um, um, but anyway, um, so he's the guy that was hired to make the reality show, and 
produce the online content. But anyway, so so what happens is so this facility, which also seems to be part of the same building that held alligators in the park, gets burnt down. Everything's destroyed, including the alligators. Yeah. The alligators, which were obviously somehow connected, like John Finley, um, which is again Joe's first husband, seemed very, uh, very attached to the alligators. They obviously like his thing. Um, he was very upset, and they they all perish in the fire. And there's videos of of Joe saying, "There's a ten thousand dollar reward for anyone who can, you know, um, give us, you know, evidence that leads to the capture of the person who's done this." He's really passionate about it, but and I don't know why he filmed it. Because Joe films this like from a camera in his pocket himself. He goes to visit his lawyer um, because he basically then finds out that essentially the documentarian who's making so the the, I'm getting, the reality guy who I'll refer to, the guy who was filming stuff for Joe, um, has all the rights to all the footage, everything, the online stuff as well. And so he's freaking out about this because he's got no control over his content. So he goes to his lawyer and the lawyer says to him, so where is all the footage? And Joe's like, oh, it's, uh, well, it's in, it's in the studio. And he goes, do they have backups of it, Joe? And Joe's like, no, they don't. And the lawyer goes, do you see what I'm saying, Joe? And there's like a pause. And then Joe's like, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. And then suddenly this fire happens. I'm sorry, but Joe... It was Joe. It absolutely burnt, was Joe. He, he burnt down that studio, if you ask me. What do you think, Ben? I definitely think yeah. Joe did it. Um... Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it, really. I mean, when you think of how big that zoo is, how how much security was there, I mean, a number of people lived on oh. site. And I would have imagined that that studio would have been fairly central yeah. in, in place to the zoo. For somebody to creep up, start a fire of that magnitude, and then get back out totally unnoticed. Yeah. It, it, um, I, it seems a bit um, what's what's the word for it? Ludicrous, <laughs> far fetched to me. Yeah. So there we yeah. go, ludicrous. But I I definitely recommend. Oh, Joe did agree. It. Yeah, he either did it or he facilitated it. One way or another, he is the culprit for it, though. If you ask me. So the big question is: Do you think? And I think the main question, I think, at almost as big of a question as the Carol Baskin one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that Joe? organized having carol baskin the attempted murder of carol baskin Mm. so let's give a bit of context just to everyone just so this whole series builds to the fact that throughout it no matter what episode you're looking at there's so much hatred from joe towards carol baskin (laughs) so much hatred. he's slamming her on everything he makes music videos about her killing her husband he has dummies that he shoots on his (laughs) internet tv show um he regularly refers to killing Carol Baskin regularly. Um, and then basically it comes to light that essentially he arranged um, the murder for hire sort of situation. Um, I mean, yeah, as far as I can see, I don't see how the ev- you could say he didn't arrange it when the evidence is there. What do you think? All I would say was Jeff Lowe suggested... Basically, I think Jeff Lowe orchestrated it and Joe was conned into making it happen. Yeah, but he still made it happen. He's yeah. not dumb enough to not know what he was doing. Well, I don't know. I think he was so consumed. Like, the fact that Jeff Lowe was like, oh, yeah, here's my right-hand man. He would go and kill him for you. Oh, True. you should give him this money at this time. Like, I think there's, I, there was, I think there was a certain amount of grooming going on, basically. 
Yeah. I'm with Sam on this one. I certainly think that Joe was pushed. Joe certainly had the motiv- motivation to do it himself, but I think he might have been of of the style that he'd just sit on it and bitch about it. Well, they crazy. talk about that, don't they? His manager was like... They, they the manager do. was like he talked about killing Carol for years for like was it like twenty years or something and ultimately he never would have done it and and he unless he was pushed into it yeah but the one yeah I I think Jeff pushing him was yeah it. no I I agree Jeff Jeff Lowe definitely plays a huge part in it and he definitely seems to like he sort of tees it up for Joe so he like yeah. puts it on a platter. But Joe has to take it still, and Joe obviously <laughs> does. I, I think, and that, I think the way you can tell is the way that Joe ran because towards the end, you so basically Joe leaves the park, legs it, sells the park to Jeff Lowe because he's basically bankrupt anyway. He's all he's screwed over, um, but, and then he goes and gives away his chimpanzees, doesn't he? Like that, I don't quite, I never quite understood the context that was quite of that. Emotional. Sorry, that bit was quite emotional where where Joe kind of recognizes that he's made a mistake in the way he treated the animals. Yes, yes, he did. And I thought that was actually quite interesting because um, he talks about how he had these two chimpanzees that had been in cages to next to each other for like 15 years and not ever been in the same cage. And the second they got out, the first thing they did was hug. And he realized he deprived them of that for all that time. And that is, that's really sad. I think um, what came out of it, what this after the sentencing of... of of joe and joe is basically is found guilty of the conspiracy to commit murder and then 18 counts of animal abuse and is sent to prison for 22 years now after they find out about this howard and carol i thought i thought hang on i thought he went down for 79 years no it says later on that he was sentenced to 22 years oh okay um but and then carol and howard first of all there are i've discovered that just looking at them makes me irritated right yeah they they have very irritating faces and i think just because agreed uh, but howard there's a moment after the sentencing where howard sings to carol and it's a truly troubling moment because just freaky it's bizarre <laughs> i think i remember it yeah it's just weird that last episode it is weird. it's just full of very bizarre moments between the two of them um the way yeah. that they just are they just seem weird they're just weird yeah <clears throat> no totally totally the whole thing is absolutely bizarre and it's basically left that joe exotic is now in prison um big cat rescue continues to operate and it's very i think it's still shady but i think big cat rescue itself is shady despite it labeled itself as a rescue center very very shady. shady i talked about the way that they did it we didn't even get into this but the way that they have their volunteer program oh weird sounds, the, the amount you had to commit to that was nuts and the whole colored t-shirt thing that was weird um and now jeff Lowe owns the zoo um and they're basically knocking the zoo down and moving it to a new location uh building a new zoo just so it loses all of it basically losing all of its association with joe and, and this whole story because it's obviously in America, the whole story has been going on for a long time in the news and whatnot, I assume, at least in the local news for these areas. Um, and yeah, and it's left to basically, isn't it saying that like there's a chance that charges could be taken towards Jeff Lowe on certain yeah. accounts? Obviously, but there's they, still ongoing I think investigation. Away with it. Um, I think the saddest thing, and as much as Joe Exotic was not a nice man, is mm. when they talk about his court case and they're like, mm. nobody was there for him. Literally, 
everybody testified against him. His ex-husband, mm. um, who was sleeping with his secretary while he was married to him, and his secretary was a woman, and then they had a child together. Very, yeah. Um, yeah. His head keeper, they all testified against him, and there was nobody there at the court to support him. Now, as much but as I'm at... not saying he deserves it to, to be supported, but it's just sad, isn't it? But it's sad, but it's also telling. Yeah. It's telling of obviously what these people that knew him best probably truly felt towards him. I mean, we again, there's so many which we haven't touched on, but look at the way that he treated his parents. Like, yeah, that's true. As much as you see them weeping because they're getting screwed, like he's like just throwing all sorts under their nose for them to sign, and they're signing it because they love him. And then yeah, his niece sign, absolutely sign... slated him, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, she was not a fan, and that that was a true, you know, that his family weren't there for him because he screwed the, his family out of everything when he, when he could, his parents and that. So I don't know. We could we could go on forever on this. It is it is the nuts. It's the most nuts thing I've ever seen. It is. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And I think well, having watched it, mm. I was left with so many more questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm I mean, just... I agree that you walk away and you're like, you're almost like, will they make a Tiger King 2 somehow? <laughs> yeah. You know, will, there be, will there be more to this story at some point? Where are they now? You know, you know like a reunion episode in a few years' time. Maybe. Well, they have, they've done episode eight, which is kind of that. I mean, I, it's not great. Episode eight is not in the same vein as the rest of it. Um, it's a bonus one they did recently, but still, that's kind of a where are they now? They talk, they re-interview a lot of people, um, but still, it is quite the roller coaster, and it makes you kind of glad that we live here in the UK, quite frankly. And we can go to Longleat. We can go to Longleat where the animals are fine, and the the keepers are not like you know carrying assault rifles and stuff like that, and you know, it's a pretty normal feeling. Anyone got any closing thoughts on Tiger King? Um, from now on, if anything bad happens, blame Carol Baskin. Seems to be the new fashion, doesn't it? Ben, how about you? Um, I would suggest if you haven't watched it already and you're going to watch it after this episode, pour yourself a drink because it is one hell of a roller coaster. It is, yeah. Strap yourself in and get ready, basically. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we've overrun anyway. This is a long one for us, but I hope you stuck with us through it. And um, I hope you've enjoyed our our attempts to unpack the mayhem that is Tiger King and Joe Exotic. Um, thanks for joining us. As, before as we, we go, said, Spence, yeah. Before we go, we need this week's Macca's moment. Oh, I always forget this. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, you I'm do. Always pleased to hear it. All right. Okay. Give us a sec. I, I, I thought I'm trying time. to decide which one. Hey, give us a couple. Okay. McDonald's serves more than 5 billion burgers a year, requiring an estimated herd of 25 million cows. That's a big lot of cows. Yes, it is a big lot of cows. And apparently, according to a company estimate, one in eight workers in the US have been hired by McDonald's at some stage in their life. That's, that is that nuts. Is Man. Okay. Well, thanks for the Macca's moments. You're welcome. This week. Um, yeah, and thank you again for joining us. Don't forget to uh, find us on Instagram. Uh, am I doing this right? And give us a, a follow. And uh, we will see you in the next episode. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.